Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Okay, we have now reached a whole new level of stupidity when it comes to the vaccination file, namely an Alberta Health Services IT worker who works from home alone is being coerced into getting the COVID-19 jabs. But why? Sheila Gunn-Reed has all the zany details. And last Monday in Vancouver, there was a protest by healthcare workers and their allies. They are against the mandatory vaccine passports. And our man in Vancouver, that would be Matt Brevner, he was there to chronicle all the details. Matt will be joining me as well. And letters, we get your letters. We get your letters every minute of every day. And you had plenty to say about my coverage of the protest also by healthcare workers and their allies outside Toronto General Hospital also on Monday. Yes, the mainstream media completely lied about what took place that day. They really did. And hey, why were members of Antifa there? Gee, Premier Ford and Mayor Tory, are these creeps your new friends now? Those are your rebels now. Let's round them up. racism sure I would I would imagine that you I would imagine that you have empathy for the plight of the Get black Canadian I'm not oh. we're here for our freedoms we're here for our rights we're gonna make a difference and we're gonna do it we're gonna do it diplomatically yeah we're gonna vote Trudeau out PPC Maxim Bernier we're here at the small business BC protest behind me is a crowd of a few hundred people very eclectic I must add, people from all walks of life, all ages, um, vaccinated, unvaccinated. Hopefully now people are kind of realizing like what it really is about and that it's a lot more than just a passport. We're going right back to Nazi Germany with this. And if nobody sees this because they've been denied a history. They will not be allowed to go to restaurants, to other public places. And that, that in a sense is, is, a, is a form of segregation. So yeah, I do not support that. You do not support that. As someone who's vaccinated, you do not support that. No, I, I do not. I want to see every single person next Wednesday carrying Canadian Bill of Rights. Yeah. This is the foundation we're going to reestablish within our country. But it seems that they are all rallied behind their disapproval of the vaccine passport. Something's going on here. I, it's, this is aggressive. They're going to wake up with the worst hangover they've ever had when they realize that the government, the media, everybody's been lying to them and that the drugs that we're talking about right now actually prevent you from getting it and stop the spread of COVID. I think that the political powers that have become accustomed to doing politics one way are not prepared for what is transpiring across this nation. There is a change. The political landscape has been shaken. I think it's time that you, whether you're vaxxed, not vaxxed, masked, not masked, it's time to stand. Yes. It's time to question. And I don't think that people that said, you know what, I'm going to get the shot so things can go back to normal. I don't think that they said, yeah, and now I want to prove it everywhere I go. Like, or that I want to keep up my 
status or like continue to go back and get boosters or have my small children back. Well, that was a scene in Vancouver last Monday when frontline workers and their allies staged a protest against mandatory vaccine passports. And thankfully, our man in Vancouver, that would be Matt Brevner, he was there to chronicle the protest and do what Rebel News does best, which is bring you the other side of the story. And joining me now is Matt himself. How are you doing there, my friend? Mr. Menzies, I'm doing great. The, uh, the sun is shining in beautiful Vancouver, which is a rarity. So, you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get. It's, it's, it's really good. Enjoy it while it lasts. But of course, the progressives will say this is all part of global warming or climate change or uh, global cooling. I, I, I can't keep track. But Matt, the, uh, the, the issue at hand, of course, was the uh, protest uh, that took place on Monday in Toronto, outside of Toronto General Hospital. Um, I uh, did a story on that protest as well. And I want to focus in on one thing. And this is why I'm glad you were there in Vancouver. Um, the media narrative in Toronto was absolutely appalling, and the media was out in full force. I think they thought it was going to get violently shut down, that Toronto was going to have a Melbourne moment, if, if you will. Uh, the Jump the Shark coverage, I thought, was a CTV tweet with the words, terrifying and then it had a picture of the protest and if you look closely at the photograph they use matt there's a white vehicle and i you know openly asked what do you think that is folks uh, the toronto police emergency task force van no it was an ice cream truck selling sundays and banana <laughs> splits that's how terrifying that battlefield was so the question goes to you matt how you were there on the ground to observe firsthand what was happening how did that compare to what the mainstream media was reporting? Uh, I mean, there isn't really any comparison whatsoever other than there were people standing on the street. That's about the only thing that, that the mainstream uh, narrative got correct. But, you know, it's really unfortunate because there's so much fear-mongering being pop propagated um, about these protests, uh, about, you know, people who are maybe concerned about vaccine passports or the vaccine or, or what have you. And it's just, it's really not accurate. You know, um, the thinking this last uh, protest on Wednesday, it was quite a bit smaller than the one that was in Vancouver. Um, you know, it's it's very difficult to expect people to come out two Wednesdays in a row, especially when they're un uncertain about their paychecks or if they'll have paychecks moving forward. You know, people need to work and feed their families and what have you. But uh, the crowd that was there was quite mixed. You know, there was there are people that were. Uh, very against the vaccine, against the mandates, everything. And there are also people who had been vaccinated that showed up with their, you know, KN95 masks that were just like, okay, at first I thought this was maybe a little crazy, but these, you know, these mandates are going way too far and we're not for this. Whatever's happening right now here in Canada, we're not for this. So we're standing with this movement. And for the, the media to, to just present it as, you know, uh, just label it as, anti-vax ambulance blockers it's just it's just it not only is it in, is it in, uh, inaccurate it's just so irresponsible because it it creates such division where people are afraid of each other people are afraid to go up to people who you know um maybe have differing opinions and have uh, civil discourse uh, it's really just sowing such dissent into the fabric of our society and it's a shame you know, I agree with you, Matt. And it, one thing you said there about ambulance blockers, that was the most outrageous lie I saw 
repeated by several media outlets in the Toronto protests. It wasn't about blocking ambulances, but blocking healthcare workers, nurses, doctors, even patients from going in and out of the hospital. Matt, I saw 0.0 evidence of that. It just didn't happen, <laughs> but that was the narrative. What was the story with this ambulance being blocked? Let me guess, was it just happened to be a, an ambulance that was parked and there were some protesters near it? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it, it's funny because I, I, at least the original protest, the worldwide walkout protest that was that was uh, global in, in Vancouver, um, it started out on 12th Avenue, uh, about a block, a block and a half away from the emergency, uh, the ER. Um, so... It's funny because th these protesters were, Dave, these protesters were so respectful that there was literally a couple hundred people on all, either sides of the street. And then when there was a red light and they had a, a pedestrian sign, you know, to walk, they would walk into the middle of the street and protest. And then when the light turned green again, they would clear the street. Like, this is how respectful these people were, okay? Now, keep in mind, I'm sure even the organizers didn't realize how, how much of a, of a response this was going to get. So eventually there were, you know, a few hundred turned to a few thousand, and that was no longer practical. At which point that shot, that famous shot that was circulating all over mainstream news of the ambulance and the people in front of the ambulance, I was there for that. And, you know, the thing that they don't really talk about uh, in the mainstream news narrative is that was not emergency room. That was that was staff parking. So was there, you know, was there a, was there a patient in that ambulance? I don't know. But I think it's it's you know it's it's irresponsible to just assume that there was because that hasn't been confirmed or denied at this point. Um, but of course, you know, all they want is their little snapshot so that they can push the narrative. And then you you know even as recently as seeing. Uh, Justin Trudeau, when he was in BC a couple days ago, and that protester was shouting him down, saying "what what have you," um, you know, he gets in a moment of frustration. He grabs his mask, takes it off his face, and yells at the protester. So, like, isn't there a, a hospital you should be blocking or protesting in front of? Like, just just ridiculous. You know, it's just it's just the, these people can't. These you know, I don't even like using this this term. These people is that's. I have to catch myself, but this is language that's been passed down to us at this point, you know, which is really gross. But um, a lot of folks don't realize that the, the reason why these protests are taking place in front of hospitals is because it, it's doctors and nurses from these hospitals that are walking out. You know, if you're, if you're going to stage a protest and you work at McDonald's, you're not going to go protest in front of the post office. That doesn't make any sense. So, no, uh, you know, that's definitely a key piece of information that's missing from all of these stories that I think would maybe give the general public not only just insight, but a little bit more empathy to why people are protesting in the fashion that they are. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, Matt, I, I want to pick up what you mentioned, the, you know, the protesters when it was small enough that they were so uh, respectful of the traffic signal so as not to impede traffic. Compare that to uh, the jabronis that comprise Extinction Rebellion. Uh, they purposely shut down intersections. I've seen it myself, causing hundreds, even thousands of cars in a massive traffic jam, idling, which is the worst kind of emissions for an engine to make. It's insane. But, you know, uh, the other point I wanted to get to, uh, Matt, is that, you know, I spoke to nurses who are uh, some of whom have already lost their jobs. Others are going to lose their jobs. And I'm wondering if the healthcare bureaucracy has thought this through. We allegedly have a healthcare system. It's frayed at the seams. It's strained. Uh, and yet you're going to fire what? 
20, 25, 30% of your workers. I don't know what the number is. I'm just speculating. So that this already strained system is further strained. Uh, Matt, does this make any sense to you? Well, I saw a report from uh, News 1130, which is a Vancouver mainstream uh, media uh, radio station. And they reported that their concern was there could be as many as 200,000 healthcare workers uh, in the province that are going to quit over wow. this vaccine mandate. And we're already in a health crisis. We're already in a pandemic. And these people have been serving for the past 18 months. But here, here's the thing, Dave, we're so far beyond reason and logic when we're discussing these issues. If you pump, if you lock people up and then you pump them full of fear, 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 you know, rationality goes completely out the window. And it's difficult sometimes when we're looking at, at the way people are behaving and, and to not be like, how could they not see things the way I'm seeing things? But we have to understand that people are running around literally thinking that the sky is falling and the world's going to end. And you can't really expect rationality when people are just so uh, consumed by that, by that paranoia and that fear, you know. So I, 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 my heart goes out to the frontline workers who've been, you know, working 18-hour shifts, umpteen days a week for the last year and a half, and are just feeling left alone and confused. And, and then the complete lack of support and vitriol that's been coming not only from mainstream media, but from our elected officials, our leaders, calling them, you know, cowardly or whatever else. Yeah. It's just, it's just disgusting. It's not okay. Oh, yeah. That was the narrative, too, in Toronto. COVID-idiots, yahoos, nutjobs, you name it, the demonization and vilification of peaceful protesters, not mostly peaceful protesters, uh, the phrase given to uh, BLM and Antifa types that throw Molotov cocktails. And that's the last question I have for you, uh, Matt. I like Toronto. I noticed in Vancouver... The Antifa types showed up. One of them wearing a fight racism T-shirt, ironically, oh. took a swing at you. What in blue blazes <laughs> is Antifa doing there? First of all, uh, Antifa is a contraction of anti and fascist, yet they employ the tactics of fascism, such as violence, as you discovered. So they're really not Antifa. They're really just Far, but just fun. Yeah. but it seems to be it's uncanny. These used to be uh, from years ago the anti-government types. Now they're like the government enforcers. They're saying we want you to mask up. We want you to get your jabs. I mean, Matt, if you think about it too much, your brain melts. How do you make sense of their appearance at these protests as a counter-protest, Matt? Well. I don't honestly, man. I don't even really know how to how to comment on that. Like I, I saw this guy, you know, and he's standing on the side of of a uh, Camby, and his shirt actually said F U C K racism, so he oh. really meant it. Yeah, he they love really profanity. Serious. He really meant it. Yeah, yeah, they do, you know. And he's waving his fingers in all sorts of ways that are, you know, disrespectful and not safe for kids. And I just thought, well, you know, if he's a if he really means what he's what he's saying on his shirt, then he would probably be surprised to know that, uh, you know, uh, overwhelmingly uh, black Canadians are not vaccinated compared to Caucasian Canadians and Asian Canadians being ranking at the highest of that statistic. So maybe, you know, I would I would plead to his empathy and and let him know about the statistic. Um, you know, uh, he was not happy to hear it or happy to see me or happy to know that I was working for Rebel uh, and he shoved me. And then, you know, I, I learned from you. 
that you don't give up. So I asked him again, and then he he threw an elbow at me. You know, it wasn't uh, obviously like I'm okay. I didn't feel like I was in danger in, in any in any way, shape, or form. But point but point being is just like the the cognitive dissonance between what people claim they stand for versus what they actually propagate, and it's 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 be it's Looney Tunes. Like I I don't really have another word for it. But these people are they're they're lost. They're clearly lost, you know, consumed with hate and anger and fear, and they don't know where to where to put that. They don't know where to place that, and and unfortunately, uh, news news networks and propaganda are just pouring gasoline on on the flames and and then blaming people like the anti-maskers or the anti-vaxxers or or Trudeau conveniently during the debates blames you know the polarity in our country on us, oh. which is just ridiculous. It's incredible. Well, Matt, it was a great piece. And, and for the Antifa types that so often resort to profanity, ad hominem attacks, even physical attacks, to me, that means you won the debate. They don't have anything in their intellectual reservoir to have a debate with you based on logic, facts. And that's why uh, they act like the thugs they are. So good for you. Keep safe out there and uh, keep your eye on uh, future protests. Uh, all, you're doing great work uh, for us, Matt, Thank and you. I look forward to your future reports. Thank you so much. Thank you, David. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Matt Brevner in Vancouver. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. At the very beginning of all this, that question was asked to um, Henshaw and others, will this be mandated? And they said, no, it wouldn't be. So it came as quite a, well, not as a shock, but I was quite <laughs> annoyed when I saw, oh, now it's being mandated when it was promised it wouldn't be, because it is, it, to me, it's unconstitutional. And uh, yeah, it comes down to your personal choice, whether you should want, want it or not. And uh, I don't at, at this time, so... Um, I don't think it's up to an employer or anyone else to tell me that I don't have a choice. Do you remember when Alberta Premier Jason Kenney told our reporter Adam Sose that he is against vaccine passports, but not just that he doesn't support vaccine passports. Kenney said that he will oppose them. Take a look at this. What's your position on vaccine passports for those individuals unwilling to be vaccinated? Opposed. And we've been very clear from the beginning that we will not facilitate or accept vaccine passports and that, in fact, we regard, I, I believe that they would, in principle, contravene the uh, Health Information Act and also possibly the Freedom of Information and Protection of Privacy Act. Okay, fine. But why now is an Alberta government agency under the scope and control of the Minister of Health, Tyler Shandro, making a vaccine passport or proof of COVID vaccination a condition of work for Alberta Health Services employees and staff and contractors who have worked through the pandemic just fine for the last year and a half without a COVID vaccine. Incredible. It's bad enough that so many are pushing for the idea of mandatory vaccinations and we can debate the merits of mandatory vaccines until the cows come home. But how in blue blazes is there any medical or scientific argument to be made to have an IT worker who works alone at home getting vaccinated? It's baffling. And joining me now for more on this crazy story is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? I'm great, David. Thanks for having me on the show. Always a pleasure, my friend. 
Sheila, we've been told since the get-go of this pandemic going back almost two years, all the decisions are being made by science and medical advice. That's what the politicians tell us. That's what the bureaucrats tell us. But how does someone isolating at home away from all her other co-workers doing all her work online and via the phone, how does she become the modern incarnation of typhoid Mary unless she gets the jabs? Explain this to me, Sheila. Oh, I can't. And that's why we have taken her into our fight vaccine passports uh, caseload as a strategic case where we're trying to stop the forced inoculation of everyday Canadians, the whole like get the jab or lose your job kind of business. She has been at home since March 2020, since the beginning of the pandemic, Alberta Health Services said the safest place for you to be is at home. That's where you, we're going to what is it, stay home to stay safe, to stop the spread or whatever the dumb slogan the politicians are using these days. But she's been sitting there just fine, doing her job just fine. She's not exposed to anybody, if you care about that sort of thing. But she's not. She's doing exactly what they told her to do for the last 18 or 19 months. And then all of a sudden, even though she's worked alone and safely, on her computer, like the viruses she's dealing with are in your computer. They're not out in the air. Um, and they've told her, you're going to lose your job if you don't get a vaccine. And so we thought, you know what? You're the perfect case. You're a government worker <clears throat> and you're working at home. Get over here. Get over here with us at fightvaccinepassports.com and we're going to take your case to court. So that's what we're doing. You know, Sheila, the insanity of this story reminds me of a TTC subway worker that I interviewed off the record. He might go on the record. He's being threatened with suspension or termination for not wearing a mask in uh, the subway car that he drives. Now, keep in mind, Sheila, he is hermetically sealed off from all the passengers and his co-workers. It's just him in a booth. 99% of the time, he is solitary. I say 99 as opposed to 100% because you could say, well, he's got to work, uh, you know, walk to the employee dressing room and, and, and back again, that sort of thing. But 99% he's sealed off. He thinks, and I agree, that this is all about control. He poses yeah. a threat to nobody and neither does she. Is this what's really going on here? It's people being bullies. We're going to make you max up. We're going to make you vax up because we can. You know, that's the worst part of all of this, the whole coronavirus pandemic. For me, it has really revealed what little humanity there was left in the world. Because it's not about politics anymore. It's not about left or right. However, I do know how you vote. If you're yelling at me in the grocery store because I'm not wearing a mask, I'm pretty sure I can guess. Um, but it is people who want to be left alone and the people who won't leave them alone. That's what it's come down to. You know, when I see somebody out and about without a, wearing a mask, I think two things, good for you, but also, ah, all right, maybe they have a medical condition, maybe they don't, but it's none of my business. It's not my natural reflex to run over there, scold them and demand their private medical information. But that's where we're at now. You have to show in some provinces, your bartender, your private medical history before they can pour you a draft? 
What happened in the course of 18 months in this country? And the further we get away from the baseline of normal, where people are just living their lives, doing whatever, like what we were doing in January and February of 2020, the further we get away from that, the less we remember what normal is and the more we accept the next thing. Just a few short months ago, Premier Jason Kenney in Alberta, he was vehemently against vaccine passports. Not that he just didn't like them and wasn't going to do them, but we oppose them. Mm. And now he's making an easy printable card in case a private business wants to bring in a vaccine passport. Well, then here's the card courtesy of the government so that you can utilize that business. So it's you know, everybody's just passing the buck. What was so bizarre a few short months ago, it's perfectly normal now. And I'm worried about this mass brainwashing that we're never, ever going to get back to the way it was. No, you're so right about that, Sheila. And the way it is and the way it has been for more than a year and a half, Sheila, is that these are the salad days for what I call the COVID Karens out there. You know, mm -hmm. the busybodies, the tattletales, the ones that like to, you know, wag their finger. And why aren't you not wearing your mask properly? And the problem is some of these COVID Karens are employers. Some of them are ticket-issuing bylaw officers. They have, they, they have been empowered by this pandemic and by God, they are sure using that power, aren't they? Well, sure. And I think there's another, I don't want to psychologically diagnose people, but, you know, I have my theories <laughs> that, um, you know, there are a lot of people who don't do a lot of good things for their community, don't do a lot of actual useful things for their fellow man. There are those people out there. We encounter them every day. They won't even hold the door for you if you've got full hands. <laughs> but they've been told now that if they wear a mask, but also if they force you to wear a mask, they are literally saving lives. They're like firefighters, they're like Navy SEALs, you know? And so that's why they come at you with that vigor, right? This is the first thing that they feel like they've ever done in the world and it's really easy to do it, right? You get to do it anonymously. You get to be a jerk anonymously because you're wearing a mask over your face and the TV has told you that you, you're just like the guy who shot Osama bin Laden. Look at you. You're saving lives when really you're just doing nothing but being an, a, a cruel, unkind, busybody who has no sense of uh, people's right to privacy anymore. They think they're heroes when they're really just zeros. Yeah, no, that's well said, uh, Sheila. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned firefighters. I, I Every once in a while, I'm passed by a fire truck rushing to a fire, and I pull over and I look at the crew, and they're all masked up. Here are these big, burly, strong men about to put their lives on the line rushing into a fire, and they've got the mask on, probably because they don't want to, but because uh, whoever's in charge has uh, mandated that. One last question, Sheila. It's going to head to court. I'm wondering how this is going to pan out. This is the big question moving forward, isn't it, for uh, not just Canada, but for countries around the world, whether employers have this right. Now, I can tell you in Toronto, he's, he, he bills himself as uh, Canada's preeminent labor lawyer. His name is Howard Levitt. He's a great labor lawyer. He's been very vocal, saying he thinks employers, from what he can make of the law, do have this right to request vaccinations. And if you don't take it, you're gone. That's his opinion. What's your opinion uh, studying this issue, Sheila? Do people that are not getting vaccinated, 
do they have a case? Is there hope for them that they won't be forced into this or lose their job? I do think there's hope, and I think it's a lot based on um, how much they're willing to fight and the judge that they get in front of, unfortunately. We have very political judges in this country, even though they like to pretend that they're not. Mm. And they do want to be the fancy people liked by the mainstream. They don't want to be the judge of the anti-vaxxers. When most of these people are not anti-vaxxers, in fact, most of the people I meet at, let's say, the healthcare workers' protests, they'll tell me, Sheila, I'm vaccinated, but I've got to make that choice. Yes. It was a choice for me. And I don't like the government taking away that choice for everybody else, including my colleagues in the emergency room or on the fire truck or on my watch if they're cops. And, you know, I, I think it really does matter the judge that you get in front of because, you know, you can hear facts all day long. And I sit in in these court cases and some of the ones I think we're going to lose, we win. And the wins that the ones that we <laughs> the, the ones that we lose, I think, well, that was that was a sure thing. Let's appeal it. And we do naturally. But you know, it, it really, you never really know until you get in front of a judge. But what else can we do except yes. fight? What else can we do? Do we let this happen to ourselves or do we fight and fight as hard as we can because freedom literally depends on it? You're so right, Sheila. I've talked to criminal lawyers of decades of experience. The X factor is always the judge. They've gone into yep. cases where this is a no-hoper. He's found not guilty. This is a slam dunk. He's found guilty. So we'll see how it plays out. And to your previous point, too, I got to say this, you know, when it comes to personal choice, what happened to those chestnuts the progressives have long said? You know, my body, my choice when it comes to terminating a baby, reasonable accommodation. That's, they've just evaporated. No one in the left is saying that anymore when it comes to mandatory vaccines, eh? Well, yeah, but I mean, with the old abortion chestnut, as you call it, it's really uh, my body, my choice, but it's not really because they're not choosing anything really to do with their body. It's the baby's body and their choice yes. like it is now. It's my body, but their choice, right? Yep. Like it's, it's, the, it's the, the busy body's choice that they're putting on my body the same way that they would do it to an unborn baby. So true. My body, government's choice. How did mm -hmm. we ever get here? Sheila, a great piece, and we'll be watching this case very, very closely. Who knows? It might be a precedent in the months and years ahead. So uh, I'm sure you'll keep us informed. I definitely will. Thanks, David. Have a great weekend. You too, my friend. And that was Sheila Gunn-Reed somewhere in the hinterland of northern Alberta. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Are you with Antifa, sir? Get your microphone out of my face. Oh, I can talk to you. It's a free country. You can walk away if you want. Well, they're, tr they're trying to craft a narrative that all of the healthcare workers are in support of the no jab, no job. I've been doing anti-fash work for years. Okay. Every time I see your ass. Really? Funny what, how that works. What, eh? what's, your, what's, your job? what's your job? They're going to come here with the mainstream media and they're going to talk badly about the people that are standing up and might lose their jobs because they have a, 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 a heartfelt and a, and a brain that comes together and says there's something wrong with this and we, we recognize that this is not freedom. Warning. Censorship. Warning. Censorship. David Menzies for Rebel News here in Toronto. Well, folks, I'm outside Toronto General Hospital. It is the site for a protest 
involving frontline healthcare workers and their allies. And I got to tell you, the demonization of these people in the mainstream media has been off the charts. But, you know, there's something in the air. There's a vibe I'm getting, uh, given A, the police presence, and B, the amount of mainstream media that's here. This might be our Australia moment where law enforcement clamps down because the narrative is that these people are going to interfere with patients and healthcare workers that are going in and out of the hospital. I can tell you a couple of weeks ago when there was a similar protest, we saw absolutely zero evidence of that. But nevertheless, that is the narrative. They've also been told to uh, protest at a more appropriate place. Well, let me think now, uh, would that be the public square, i.e. Young Dundas Square? Do you remember what began in back in January when it came to anti-lockdown protesters there? Well, here, check out the footage. It says he's not an essential reason. Why don't I have the right to speak what's on my heart? Mainstream media has decided to sit this one out. Nothing to see here, folks. This is Toronto. This is not North Korea. You are infringing on my rights. Officer, why are these protesters not allowed to protest and people like you took the knee for Black Lives Matter in the summer? I'm not going to leave a communist country to my kids or anyone else's kids. Yeah, so there you have it. Um, just an absolute violent, hostile takedown of people genuinely peacefully protesting and as far as the congestion argument is concerned you know that's perversely ironic as well because i'm standing right now in a bike lane these bike lanes only got put in in university avenue about a year ago the healthcare um establishment if you will has long advocated not to have bike lines here bike lanes here they want traffic to flow as good as possible for the ambulances and yet when the pandemic kicked in well john tory uh he couldn't wait to resume his war on the car so now we have bike lanes taking out an entire lane of traffic john tory can do that because of course he lives within walking distance of his place of employment in any event the protest is about going to kick off in about 15 minutes or so and uh, we're just going to see uh, what happens. Hopefully it will be peaceful. Hopefully it will be without incident. Hopefully it will be not another repeat of Young Dundas Square back in January. Our mission is to unite nurses, educate the public, and bring the ethics back into healthcare. And I'm pretty sure that the nurses inside have the same mission as we do. So I think it's a misunderstanding. And because of the media, we, they've twisted everything around. And so it's, it's created I, I, I this, did, it's created this division. I didn't hear off the top. Can you just say uh, your name and where you did work and what your current job status is? My name is Sarah Shijunian. I'm currently the co-founder of Canadian Frontline Nurses. I was working um, at Siena North Finch in a nursing home. And also, I worked in the community with kids. Well, you know, folks, there were a few reasons why I really wanted to cover the protests outside Toronto General Hospital last Monday. First, I wanted to hear what healthcare workers and their allies had to say about mandatory vaccine passports, which was the ostensible policy reason for the protests. As well, I wanted to be there 
to witness firsthand how the mainstream media would demonize these people. And wow, folks, the state-funded stenographers at the media party, they really, truly outdid themselves on this day. Many calling this truly peaceful protest terrifying and referring to the, mem the protesters as COVIDiots and nut jobs. And hey, what was the deal with the handful of Antifa losers who showed up? But as you saw, as per usual, they have a very hard time forming cognitive thoughts. In any event, you had plenty to say about various healthcare workers and their friends who would rather lose their jobs than take those jabs. Harry Mills writes, if the protesters were in black and throwing Molotov cocktails, they would be classified as mostly peaceful and MSM and Trudeau's paid off media wouldn't report it. Oh, you're right, Harry. As previously noted, many media outlets describe this truly peaceful protest as being terrifying. Seriously. Yeah, it was so terrifying that there was actually an ice cream truck on site selling sundaes and banana splits. Give me a break. Zero Fox writes, can we all agree to stop calling them Antifa when they are anything but Great point, Zero Fox. Antifa is, of course, a contraction of the words anti and fascist, but Antifa embraces the odious playbook of fascists, committing everything from acts of vandalism to all-out violence. They are not Antifa. They are simply fa for fascists. And really, what the hell were these gender studies dropouts doing at the hospital protests in the first place? Razier writes, the double-muzzled dude Thought he was tough enough to intimidate David. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yes, Razier. He was unintentionally funny, wasn't he? Toronto's Antifa members are about as intimidating as a litter of newborn kittens in my book. And his one act of violence against me was, if you can believe it, briefly standing on my foot. I think he must have learned that tactic from Justin Trudeau's RCMP goon squad bodyguards. Like I said, pathetic. And Lao Tor writes, never respected the modern day blue hair incarnation of anti question mark fa, but at least prior to 2014, they fought against the government. Now they call themselves Trudeau stormtroopers. Yes, isn't it perversely ironic? Then again, Antifa is really all about fascism and Prime Minister Trudeau well, he stated in the past he has an admiration for the basic dictatorship of China. So when you think of it, folks, birds of a feather, they really do flock together, don't they? Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.